Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday afternoon. The Tims are back. Joining me from New York City, New York, is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. How are we doing? And we're zooming across the coast to the West Coast. Joining us from Los Angeles, California, where he's working on NBA Today this week. Freshly back from Europe. Freshly off his wedding. Congratulations. Welcome back, Ben McMahon. Bonjour, partners. There you go. Look at that. Rolled, you learned, rolled you right learned off one the word. You learned one I word. Can't do it. I, I can't do it. Howdy, partners. No, I, there's bonjour and then there's... Hey, howdy. Yeah, oui, oui. You know but, another French word, too, that you probably won't figure out. Hmm? My last name is a French word, boss. It is. There's an Avenue des McMahon right down in like the yeah. heart of Paris, by the yeah, way. We, so we, you might I be saw, French, but I'm a damn hero. I, I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw that on the gram. Saw that on the gram. I was in Ireland recently. There's a bunch of McMahons over there. A lot of them. Um, that's sure. That, are. That, uh, that's the homeland generations ago. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, welcome back. I hope you had a great uh, honeymoon. Hope you had a great wedding. Um, good to see you. Yeah, I hope you um, enjoyed your damn tea and crumpets and that they were worth it while you were ditching us. I did. Thank you very much. I did. Didn't even think of you. Didn't even think of you. <laughs> um, you were thinking of uh, bond temps as you were walking down the street. But uh, <laughs> um, hey, uh, we got news here this week. LeBron James signed his uh, contract extension, two years, $97 million. Um, Although we don't 100% know yet because it'll be based on the max contract could be altered a little bit second year as a player option um i'm not surprised that he signed the contract i'm mildly surprised that he signed the contract in august Mm -hmm. with the lakers really not having made a major transaction and um you know just because he has plausible deniability i'm on vacation i'm with my son's aau team my kids are in europe because i think his boys have been playing in Europe. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure what leverage he would have been able to wield as he just sat there with the extension sitting on the table. Um, but it would have been something. And he basically, um, you know, put his, you know, basically said, I trust the Lakers to do right by me for the next two years. So uh, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Um you know, Bontemps, you tweeted about it immediately. You were surprised about something else with this contract. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised he signed the extension because it took off the table what to me was the best option for the Lakers to improve going forward, which is to have the ability to have LeBron take less money next summer, like James Harden did in Philly, to give them the option to have a full max contract slot to go chase a free agent, what's going to be a pretty good free agent class, at least potentially and just have more money to build out the roster that way. Um, obviously, to your point, the Lakers haven't done a lot this offseason. They don't have a lot of things to do. They can only really trade Russ in these two picks. And as we've talked about on the pod, and we're probably going to talk about later on the pod today, this is not a championship-level team. And to your point about LeBron not really putting pressure on the Lakers by signing this now, I just have found it fascinating that, and you know this better than anybody, Brian, For the first 15 years of LeBron's career, he put constant pressure on the franchise he was with, whether it's the first time he was with the Cavs, the second time when he was in Miami, there was a constant sort of sort of Damocles hanging over the franchise. You have got to trade your young players, got to trade your draft picks, got to get better right now because we got to win right now. And since he got to the Lakers, it has, that has not been the case. He has signed the longest contracts he can sign. He has signed early. He's not had player options until now. Like he, he's really gone out of his way to show he is going to be in L.A. for a long time. And I just think that dichotomy between what he was doing before and what he's done since he's been in L.A. is pretty fascinating. I think it signals to me, at least, that at least for LeBron being in L.A. and with the player option, having the flexibility to play with his kid in a couple of years if he's in the league, that seems like it takes greater precedent than putting himself in the single best possible position to win right now because it's pretty hard to argue by signing this extension he's done that 
Yeah, I think what we're seeing and what we've seen over these last few years is kind of LeBron shifting from championships being the end-all, be-all, top priority to he's, you know, he's not just a businessman. I mean, he's a business mogul. And, and so, you know, being based in LA, uh, you know, playing for the Lakers, kind of all the things that, that come along with loc- location, glamour, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think those mean as much to him as, as maximizing his chances to win a championship. And, you know, in, in LeBron's mind, he probably thinks, Hey, if I'm healthy, if AD's healthy, we're going to have a chance, but uh, this isn't the guy who is, you know, just fighting and scratching and clawing and squeezing to have every possible, you know, uh, best chance to compete for a championship. Um, you know, and, and it does like, he can kind of grumble behind the scenes and, you know, push behind the scenes for them to make moves, but signing this extension, it's not like he has a threat or, or leverage over the franchise at this point. So, um, Back when LeBron initially signed with the Heat, obviously, if you remember, he took slightly less than the max contract to help afford Mike Miller and Udonis Haslam. Um, even though, especially when you figured in the taxes, they didn't have to pay in Florida um, for the home games, at least. NBA players are taxed each individual game. They get they have to pay taxes even if they play one game a year in a place, if, if there's a state income tax. Um it always kind of bothered him and irked him, even though he agreed to it. It wasn't like it was, it was forced on him. And I remember one um, day in uh, Indiana, the, whenever the heat played the Pacers, it was always a big game. And there was a, it was a, a shoot around uh, after uh, shoot around on game day. And I don't remember how, um, but it came up about salaries. I, somebody must've gotten a big salary somewhere. <laughs> and um I brought up to him that he had never actually been the highest paid player on his team. He was tied as the highest paid player with Chris Bosch, but he wasn't the highest paid player. And he like his head snapped around and he goes, that's an untold story. And he kind of went off on a, um, on a rant about being underpaid, which he was, he was underpaid. Um, and part of the reason why he only signed one year contracts when he went back to Cleveland was because they knew that the cap spike was coming. And he didn't want to get locked into a contract before the cap spike. He kind of wanted to re-up every year. It had the ancillary benefit of also keeping his foot on the Cavs' throats. And also, after they won the 2016 title, he rewarded them with a two-year contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, after the cap spike, it wasn't like he was like, okay, now that the cap spike has happened, I will sign for, for four years. He signed for two. So both are true. But I just remember when he was coming out of uh, his Miami contract um, being told with no uncertain terms, LeBron is a max player. He will always be a max player. And so while you're right, Bon Temps, and I mean, you know, he, the difference between LeBron functionally at this point in his career, making 48 million and maybe 42 million, you know, that that's six or eight million dollars. If he took less, you know, could potentially open up some doors. It's probably not that much on his bottom line. But ever since he didn't get that, those maxes in Miami, it's always been like, I am a max player. I am, he's underpaid at 50 million, probably. Yeah. And um, unquestionably, that's that's always been a thing. But I think it kind of goes to, you know, LeBron at the end of the day wants to be an LA Laker. He wants to be paid the most possible money he can. And he wants to leave the door open to play with his son, which this contract, has an option year when Bronny is eligible to join the NBA. I don't know whether Bronny is going to be prepared to join mm-hmm. the NBA in two years. I don't know if, even if he is, if it, if LeBron would actually opt out of a contract with the Lakers and let's say another team drafted him, if he would follow through on that and uh, go play for another team, even if it meant playing for the minimum, maybe the team that would draft Bronny wouldn't have style of the cap space. Um, Cause the thing that people talk about LeBron wanting to play, with his son, LeBron's actual quote on that is my last year in the NBA will be with my son. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that it'll be his son's this first, first year. is rookie year. Right. And it doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. mean Bronny that might be a 10 year be... vet that year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
So I think there's a lot of unknowns there. But what you're sort of moving around, Bontemps, is that maybe LeBron isn't making number one priority. I want to be on the team that has the best chance to win a championship right this very second. And he might dispute that. He might say any team with me is a championship contender. And he might even say to you, I'm betting on the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm betting on the Lakers to be able to attract talent because he kind of did in 2018. That team he came to in 2018 did not have championship talent. No, I mean, it was clearly not a championship team at the time. Clearly. He was wagering that they would, you know, be able to draw championship talent. They got Anthony Davis the next year and it worked out. So, (laughs) but you know, both things can be true. He can, he can prioritize, he can still want to win, but not necessarily making that the be all end all, which I felt like you said, Bontemps, he did kind of try to manipulate things to, to force the Cavs hands, you know, back in the, and by the and, way, and the Cavs, the Cavs had the number one payroll in the NBA and traded like seven or eight first round picks. It, it kind yeah. Of, and, and listen, it's, it's fully within his uh, rights to do that too. I, uh, this, it wasn't, I didn't say that. I don't say it on the pod. I didn't tweet about it as some sort of like slander towards LeBron. Like how dare you don't take less money. It's just, that was a path that was available. It was probably the cleanest path to them getting another star player. That path is now unavailable. And to me, what that I sets think up is. This out. Um, what did you think if, if LeBron had just let his contract expire and, and they just held on to Westbrook and he expired, how much space would they have had? Do you I mean, that? they would have, I mean, the only guy they would have had Anthony Davis under contract and they would have had, uh, they would have had, let me, I can look here real Taylor quick. Taylor Horton Tucker has an opt out, right? I don't yeah, know if he'll take he, ha- it. he has an option in his contract. Um, and you're putting me on the spot here, so I got to look this I'm up. I'm sorry, I didn't prepare you. No, it's all no, it's all good. Well, I'll you look can it up. Ballpark a, it. I'll look you it up in a second. It. it would have been a ton of money. The Anthony Davis would have been the only significant contract on their books. They would have had you know sixty million dollars, maybe, including having to resign LeBron. So they would have been able to manipulate things around like the Sixers did this summer. Sign James Harden later. Sign the other guys first, and you know figure out. Well, you have to sign LeBron first. It doesn't matter anyway. They could have manipulated things around, got a max free agent, re-signed LeBron, had those two guys in AD, and move forward with that team. Now, to me, what this sets up is the Lakers have to trade Russell Westbrook because when with LeBron was unsigned, they at least had the ability to say, we can ride this out with Russ. We don't have to trade these picks. We could go to next summer. We'll have a ton of cap space. We could figure it out. Now, because LeBron has signed this extension, even if the Lakers don't trade Russ with Russ and with AD and LeBron on the books and then dead cat, you know, roster holds because they have nobody on the roster. The Lakers are only going to have enough money. You know, maybe they'll have 20, $25 million. So they're not going to have enough money to sign one of those max guys. So to me, they have to use this Westbrook contract and one or two of these picks to get the team better now, because that's the only viable path they have to really improve in this team over the next couple of years. Cause otherwise it's literally just going to be 80 well, LeBron and a bunch of minimums. And that's not going to be good enough. And maybe that's, you know, really what the Lakers were saying. They were saying, if you commit to us, it makes our path easier. Mm-hmm. So now we know we do trade Russ and um, we're willing to include one or both of those picks somewhere along the way. And just you to know, answer but- your question real quick, uh, the only guys they have on their roster next year under contract, uh, besides LeBron and AD are Damian Jones for two and a half million and Max Christie for 1.7. So there's, there's basically the rest of the roster is wide open. And, and, you know, when LeBron got there, it was a feeling of, Hey, guys are going to want to play here. Guys were, you know, Anthony Davis hires Rich Paul forces his way to the Lakers via trade, but they had a ton of trade assets they had Brandon Ingram. They had Lonzo Ball. They had Josh Hart. They had, you know, a, a full stockpile all of picks. picks. They had all. Yeah, the, the 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 Lakers now they've got those two picks, and you know, Russ That's is it. a negative trade asset. So it's a totally different situation. Like, hey, guys are going to want to play for the Lakers. That's always going to be the case. But the Lakers don't have the ammo to make a major splash in the trade market. Now maybe they can parlay Russ into, uh, you know, 
trade him somewhere where a team's trying to get shed some long-term salary that's not necessarily um you know that that could be trade pieces down the road but uh it, it's a totally different situation just in terms of the uh, the the assets that uh, Rob Polink and Rich Paul have to work with yeah and of course i asked about you know i asked about after the deal was done i asked about why now and basically i was told um because lebron believes in the lakers he, he I thought, I thought you Lakers. were going to be told why not, and it, it was a Russell Westbrook slogan. <laughs> well, I might have been told why not, but I don't want to quote the person. So, uh, just LeBron believes in the Lakers. Um, long story short, and, he, and it's not the you know the, the the thing about the Lakers. It's a it's a complicated road here because for the last decade, the Lakers do have a championship with LeBron's name on it, hanging in the rafters. They have it, and I'm a Mm -hmm. big believer that you never uh, strip back a championship, that winning one is so hard that you never, ever say anything bad about it. They also have a whole ton of flawed seasons. And it's it's odd. They have one season in nine years where they've won a playoff series. And obviously that year they won four. So it doesn't know, matter. It's, it's wild. But so like that's the only year they won a playoff series since 2013. Right. So if you like, if you, like, if Rob Palenka was like defending his position, he'd be like, "I built a championship team." That's an unassailably true statement. But the rest of the teams that he's overseen put together have g- generally been failures. They're 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 like you remember Rob Deere, the old Milwaukee Brewers. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so. You know they're 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 one for four with a home run and three strikeouts. Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad day at the ballpark, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean the championship Rob at the end for... was batting like hundred ten. You know, yeah. he was like, <laughs> well, give him time. Give him years. time. <laughs> I mean, look, the championship is all that matters in the end. But look, in the first fifty years, the Lakers were in Los Angeles. They missed the playoffs five times. They missed the playoffs seven in the last nine years. Like it's it's not, you know, it's a new it's a new day there. Like, it's just not, it has not been the same team. And it's actually one playoff series, one year of playoff series wins in a decade. Last time they won a playoff series was 2012. Like, that's just not Other than what the, the Lakers. Well, no, yeah. right. I'm just saying that's, and obviously the championship, I'm not trying to diminish the championship, but it is just like, this is not what the Lakers are used to. It's a, it's a very different right. world. And so this is, this is the Lakers. This isn't the other 29 teams, maybe 28, if you want to subtract the Celtics, this is the Lakers where when you're talking about, you know, no brainer, top tier hall of fame talent to play for the Lakers. It's not, Hey, he won a championship. It's he only won one championship, right? You're when you sign up to play for the Lakers as one of the best players of all time, you sign up for comparisons to magic. You sign up for comparisons to Kobe. And so it's only one championship. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll see how the Lakers are able to do that. Obviously, it's going to be a big topic of conversation. LeBron's contract won't be a big topic of conversation. So in that way, he kind of did the Lakers a favor. We'll see if they return it. Time for trivia. Now it's time for a Hoop Collective Trivia. Mr. Bontom. So we we're, were talking about LeBron a lot today. Uh, so I thought an interesting one would be uh, everybody knows the 2003 draft class, one of the dr- best draft classes of all time. Uh, who are the top 10 scorers by points per game from the 2003 draft class? Top 10? You have to Holy name all man. 10? I mean, what well, I, mean, what we- I wouldn't, I would have done top five, except four of them are blatantly obvious. So I figured we'd yeah, run so through going, those and then see who else you can get. You're going LeBron, Carmelo, D Wade Bosch probably is one, two, three, that's, four. That's in that order. Those are correct. So uh, five would have been kind of boring. So I figured we'd Kyle see if you Cor- got how many. Kyle Corver just retired. He was, I figured Corver was 12th. Oh. Josh Howard is somewhere on that Josh list. Josh Howard was, he, was fifth. Okay. Was he, oh, that's right. He was like taking the late first round. He was round. 29th. He was 29th. He was the yeah. Mavericks. Okay. One well, that sets an interesting bar of Josh Howard. Was a, what about uh, Kirk Heinrich? Kirk Heinrich was 10th. Barely. What Thompson about um, wasn't in that. 
was Carlson. What about that? Luke? Ridnour? Carlson. Carlson uh, was in that draft class, but he was much farther down. Luke right now was 13th. Oh, wow. Hey, um, there's a ton of guys who are household names who are not in the top 10. Zaza Pachulia, Nick David Collison. West. David <laughs> Pachulia is a, a household name. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> where? Where's your house in the I Republic should, of Georgia? Fair enough. I shouldn't say household names. <laughs> I should say like guys who NBA fans know about like NBA fans. Zaza Pachulia. He, well, he did like almost a, get voted in as an all-star starter. I mean, one he was an, almost an all-star finger? starter. Well, no, that, what did you uh, Nothing easy. That's right. Boris <laughs> Diaw, also not in the top 10. Willie Green, Boris also not, not in the top, in the top 10. 10. If Boris, oh, you're talking about scoring points, not that other kind of score. Darko in the top ten. Darko not in the top ten either. Oh. <laughs> so there's 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 three more names left. Uh, one was a second round pick by the Jazz, who spent oh, a, lot, a lot of time. Paul Mills, not Paul Millsap. Not Paul Millsap. Mil Different hmm. second round pick by the Jazz. Uh, Wes Matthews. No, no, he ain't that old. The, he was the hint. The hint Boozer. is he won. The hint is he won an All Star. No. Boozer was. Okay, Boozer played for Boozer was the second round pick by the team this guy won it was an all star with and played oh, right. next Boozer's to LeBron. Small second scoring round. guard, all star with LeBron. Oh, uh, come on. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Brian, God. I'm very disappointed you have he's from famous. he's from he went to Alabama. Yes, he did. Oh, oh Mo Williams. Mo yes. Williams. There you go. I was like all star with was, LeBron. I was, was pretty surprised. Dra- I didn't get remember that immediately. he was in the two thousand three draft. The other two guys are uh point guard who had a back injury, backslash neck injury, oh, cut Ford. his career short. TJ Ford, really fun yeah. player. And then uh a certain center from Central Michigan who was drafted six. Oh, Chris, Chris Kamen, one Kamen. of the one of the yeah. all-time characters. Yes. So there was the top <laughs> ten. So that was there was there was the trivia. <clears throat> All right. Like I said, if it was top four, it would have been over in about three seconds, or top five would have been over about four seconds. Well, Josh Howard being the number five. I I know, but I also figure McMahon would get Josh Howard pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have that long of a career, but I guess it was. I was was going by downhill quick. I was going by points per game. So if you do it the other way, Boris Diaw and Leandro Barbosa get up in there too. Josh Howard, by the way, now the head coach at the University of North Texas, Dallas. Oh, really? He is. It's a it's a D three program. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So there's a University of North Texas stop, and a University yes. of North Texas Dallas. Correct. You learn how far apart are those? Uh probably forty minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, the University of North Texas, my alma mater, is the is the Mean Green, which would have been fitting for Josh Howard, but it, he's. At, <laughs> I don't know what North Texas Dallas <laughs> nickname is. Oh, spectacular! Spectacular. Uh, all right, so we've been during this off season, uh, we've been doing a little bit of a series, looking at some um, some teams and taking a uh, you know pulling back the top layer. Um, we call it uh, what's going on with. I think that's what we call it. Is that what what's call going it? on what's in? You, it's what's your going damn on phrase. Yeah, he doesn't know. What's yeah, he doesn't know. By the way, McMahon in. did a nice job. Uh, calling back to that on NBA Today this week. Well, I got to give I got to give Shanae the. Uh, the primary credit for that, the assist. She's the one who she she That's got true. the That's true. Know, the index fingers. Pointing good job, I all kind of went with us. Fifteen dollars each. You can send me on Venmo. Fifteen dollars each. I'm not even on Venmo. It's ridiculous. Um, what's going on in Cleveland? Ooh. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting, conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. 
Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Why would they do that? Very strange trait. Why would you do that? We thought we'd take a look at the Cavs. 44 wins last year, but did not make the playoffs. Double loss in the uh, play-in tournament. Um, uh, had some uh, unfortunate luck with Colin Sexton. Pretty much missed mm-hmm. the entire season. Had some other injuries. Um, but a huge step forward for Darius Garland, who signed a max contract in the offseason. The Cavs were kind of holding cap space. Not kind um, of. Not kind of holding cap space. They were having they were saving a max cap slot for a certain guy from Northeast Ohio to see if he would decide to come back and play there for a third time. Like it's yeah, safe so to say. um last year during the All-Star break in Cleveland, uh, All-Star weekend, LeBron gave this interview where he said, Yeah, I'll I, I can see myself playing Cleveland. He qualified it by saying, you know, maybe it's a one day, one day contract. Um, but that was, it was right after the Lakers didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was miffed and it was like, what, you know, and by the way, like the Cavs, uh, no surprise have not had a, uh, a respectable, well, respectable is not a fair word. They haven't had a uh, meaningful small forward since LeBron left now five years ago. Um, so even with Darius Garland's and they didn't quite have a max slot, but they could have gotten there. They were leaving, um, a big chunk of space open. Um, they can retire that because LeBron is going to be a Laker next year. So they need to, um, look another direction for that. Um, this is the final year of Kevin Love's giant contract, which at times was an albatross. Now I actually think they could trade it if they wanted Mm -hmm. to, depending on, uh, on various factors, um, they have a whole bunch of um, of like twos. They they keep drafting twos, um, and they have an all star point guard, and of course they have the rookie of the year runner up and Evan Mobley, who I voted for for rookie of the year, and I have a real exciting feel about his future. That said, and an all star center, and all star center Jared Allen. That's right. He's under a long-term contract. Uh, Gar- By the way, Garland and Allen both signed five-year contracts with no player options, which in a place like Cleveland mm-hmm. is big. Big deal. Um, yeah. So um, I, the, the, the difficulty with the Cavs – by the way, I'm going to tell you some stuff about their schedule in a second. But the difficulty with the Cavs, um, McMahon, is that I, you know, even though they've got a lot going for them and they've got a young team – I'm not sure how many teams they're going to be able to jump over in the Eastern Conference. The East is really intense ahead of them, and I'm not so sure they've gotten appreciably better enough to to, to make a move. Well, I, I think the question is how much better can Evan Mobley get? And you know this guy is going to be one of the best defensive players in the league. Like he he, he is very likely to be a defensive player of the year candidate for the next what twelve years, you know, whatever it might be. For sure. So the the question is. Can he become a an all-star caliber offensive player? You know, he, he was he was solid last year, averaged 15 points a game, uh, you know, shot it right above 50% from the floor. But especially with him playing the four, you know, how how much can he grow as a three-point shooter? How much can he grow as a guy who you know, you can give the ball and he can create? He does have some passing ability. You know, can he become a you know, a, a primary offensive threat. I think Evan Mobley's development or, you know, lack thereof possibly as an offensive player is is ultimately going to determine the ceiling for this team. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, Jared Allen is a really good player. We also we also kind of know exactly what Jared Allen is, right? Like he's mm-hmm. going to be the same guy he's going to be for a long time. Really durable, really good guy, great role player. I mean, he's an all star, but like he fits yeah, his he, role. No, he fits he his has role some perfectly. touch around the rim, but he's he's primarily a, a screen, roll, finish, rebound, protect the rim, run kind of guy. Yep, and and for as good as Darius Garland is, and as much as he's improved, you know, we've seen over time if you're top player is a six foot tall guard yeah it limits your ceiling like you just it's just very hard to win at the very highest levels if that's the guy you're going to with two minutes to go in the game like it's we've seen it over and over and over again so evan mobley is the key to that like can he continue to take the strides forward that he showed as a rookie and be a you know perennial all-star player you know as a hybrid forward center who can guard every position and become like you said McMahon really a hub of their offense and then to me the other question is the Cavs have thrown a lot of assets at the wing right yeah. so have the Colin Sexton situation unresolved maybe now that LeBron's off the table maybe they come to some sort of agreement with him maybe they up their offer a little bit try to get something done there I didn't like the Karis LeVert deal at the time well, LeVert um, is also extension eligible. It's possible they could extend yeah. him. They could extend him to. They could, I, I don't think they're signing both of them long right. term. Well, they could extend I, LeVert. No, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. I, I didn't like giving up a, uh, that first round pick for LeVert, but uh, because of the protections, if if they don't take a, a step forward this year, they, they might not end up giving That's up That's true. Pick they might them. be in the lottery again, and then they don't give up a pick at all. Um, and then they, they drafted Isaac Okoro fifth a couple of years ago. They then seem to pretty clearly draft over him, draft in uh, Oshag Baji from Kansas, mm-hmm. one of the older players in the draft, a guy who was the national player of the year at Kansas, a guy who in theory is going to step right in and play on the wing because to Brian's point, that's been a black hole for them the past couple of years. So maybe they could try to address that next summer. But those are the two things. Can they find you know some really consistent help on the wing? Because they had Lowry Markkinen playing, starting at small forward all last year. You're not going to win big doing that. And can't have some photos going around. There's some photos going around of marketing and playing for the Finnish national team this summer where he's like, I don't know if they're manipulated, but he's like super cut. I mean, that's fine. He's not fast enough to play small forward. I well, I know, I'm does. just saying like, well, I don't know it, if, you know, hashtag 15 pounds of muscle hit or 10 pounds of muscle hit marketing. And I don't know, but it's, well, if you're going to have, if you're going to have, uh, about these photos. if you're going to have marketing and defending on the perimeter, it's a pretty good idea to have Mobley and Allen cleaning up a whole sure. lot of messes behind and the, him. And by the way, sure. same thing with Darius Garland, the point guard. Like it, those guys can you can uh, be they can forgive a lot of uh, a lot of defensive sins on the perimeter with those two guys behind. But them. but to your point, McMahon, for both of you guys, like where do you see the Cavs right now in the East? Because to me, if you go through it, and right now you have to assume that the Nets are going to be basically what they were last year, at least as of now, like doesn't seem like these guys are getting mm-hmm. traded. So, you know, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, well, hold on. Philly. So, I don't know about Toronto. They and Toronto are kind of neck and neck in my mind. They were neck and mm-hmm. neck to get in, to avoid the play in this last year. Toronto ended up winning that and getting into Toronto the had a seat. lot. Toronto had a, Toronto was never healthy all year. I think Toronto's okay. a pretty, a pretty clearly better team. Maybe you guys disagree. I think oh, they're. Just, I think they're a level. Okay, above. just hold up. They play on opening night. Uh, low key, interesting opening night game in Toronto. I believe it's in Toronto. Um, Scotty Barnes v Evan Mobley. Yeah, uh, one and two in the um, in the uh, rookie of the year from last year. That game could end up being a factor because last mm-hmm. year the, the Cavs Raptors came right down to the end on the the tiebreaker and. Uh, just saying what happens on opening night usually doesn't really make a, much of a difference in the NBA that I circled that game and said, you know what? That could end up being an important game. Cause well, I think the Raptors and Cavs are comparable. So the- set Toronto aside, Philly, Boston, Brooklyn, all better. Milwaukee, Miami, better. Chicago, better. Mm, nah, I'm not, I'm not committed. Not to worse. Chicago is better. Not I'm not worse. committed. So, so they're you're, a- you're saying better than Cleveland, right? Yeah. I'm asking. I'm not committing to Chicago there. I, I I think that the Cavaliers are somewhere between what six and eight, five and eight, some somewhere well, in there. Got, and again, I'm, so much of hold, this, 
it's just a fascinating group of teams. You got Atlanta, who just went on to get DeJounte Murray. Yeah. They're somewhere in that mix. You've got Toronto. Atlanta finished behind them last year, beat them in the play in, but finished beat behind them in the play in. But, but I would say they're a more talented team, though. But they're, they're in that yeah. group. Toronto's in that group. Chicago's in that group. Cleveland's in that group. Like those teams are all sort of seven to 10 right now. Yeah. Like, and, that's, and Cleveland that's an interesting is, mix. Cleveland is, uh, I don't know how how big of a step they make this. Obviously, they took a huge step last season, and I and I think that you can certainly say that the air was pointing up. I, I think if you talk about like twenty four and under cores, that that you have to put the Cavaliers in the conversation as as the best young cores in the league. When you when you have uh, two guys who are all stars, and and certainly I would I would bank on Mobley being a multi time all star. So three young all-star type of talents. Uh, I think getting Rubio back, we'll see. I don't know exactly uh, you know, where he is in terms of his recovery, but you know, losing him certainly hurt last year. I think getting him back definitely helps. But again, I just go back to it really does come down to Evan Mobley's development, development offensively. And I think when you look at young Anthony Davis, young Chris Bosh, young Kevin Garnett, you know, and 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 compare their rookie year numbers with Mobley's rookie year numbers. Now Mobley was, was 20 years old, but yeah, those are three guys who obviously developed into all-star go-to type of guys, plus what they did on the defensive end. And I, I think that's a reasonable hope for Mobley. And I'm only pointing right, me- out those teams just as a, an example, like as an illustration of how, like the East isn't what it used to be. Like normally mm-hmm. you'd see a team with this Cavs group, like you'd think they're going to be five no, years I mean, ago, they, they'd be a top five team four- in the East. They won 44 games. Most of the time in the last decade, 44 games, like the five seed. Right. It might have even been the four seed one of those years. I right. want thing before we move on, I wanted to point out about their schedule because we'll talk about the schedule because it just came out yesterday. Um, Ed Kupfer, who has been a longtime analyst in Houston Rockets and sometimes tweets some of his stuff, his special schedule analysis. I'm going to tell you something about the Cavs schedule that comes from the charts that Ed tweeted out. Um, the Cavs are tied for having the most number of games when they have more rest days than, than their opponent. So um, they have the most favor. They're tied with Sacramento and the Lakers for having the most favorable schedule where they're going to have a rest advantage on their opponent. They have the fewest back-to-backs in the league uh, of any team. They're tied with a number of teams who have the same, but they've got the fewest. Last year they had – a bunch of back-to-backs extra because they had to give up their arena for some time to, to prep for the all-star stuff. So they had cost them back-to-backs and they travel. And this has been the case for a long time and it remains the case. They have the fewest miles traveled this year because Cleveland, um, I, when I covered the Cavs and then moved to Miami to cover the heat, it was like a cold slap in the face about how much longer I spent on airplanes. Every flight like half the teams in the nba are like 90 minutes or less flight from cleveland so, uh, a lot of people feel sympathy whenever somebody makes that move from cleveland to miami <laughs> yeah it was a lot longer flight down to south florida in those winters oh, i felt that covering uh, the playoffs this year like the the boston to miami flights back and forth they were that was like 315 every flight like it, it's it's a long way the time you there. waited on the tarmac to, to, oh, to get out of the city so um so anyway, the Cavs schedule, like everybody's always talking about, oh, the league screwed us, the league hates us, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, that's been the case for 74 years. This, you know, this is 76th year of the NBA, probably 75 years teams have been complaining about the schedule. Um, so the Cavs actually, as you look at that, the schedule kind of could favor them. And if we're talking about them being a narrow difference between them maybe being the eighth seed or being the sixth seed, which is a huge difference, that schedule being favorable could end up being a factor. So I would just point that out as we talk about them. Um, we'll see. We'll see who's actually there in training camp, whether Colin Sexton is there. Um, that'll be interesting to see whether he accepts the qualifying offer or he just flat doesn't sign it and waits, waits for something to happen. Um, or they come to some terms. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, before we go, I want to talk about a story that you published this week, Bon Temp. Some people are still working. I'm barely working. I'm like, <laughs> um, I was going to say which one. I had two stories on back to back. Oh days. wow, the most productive man in, in mid August. 
look out. Well, I, neither one of these ideas were my idea, so I'll, <laughs> I will take all the credit. You wrote That's this story with Bobby Marks. Uh, was Bobby involved in this or just you and Pelton? Uh, it was me and the machine. You and Kevin Pelton. Tell us about this story. I don't think I've ever seen something quite like this before. Well, this was fully in the machine's idea, so full credit to him for it. But sure, uh, you're deleted. Let's you didn't even need to say deleted. that. We figured that part it out. Was, well, it was his idea. Uh, but he called me a couple of weeks ago and had an idea to do, um, you know, everybody talks about the idea of NBA teams being all in. And this came from the Minnesota Timberwolves making the Rudy Gobert trade. Obviously, that's a mm-hmm. trade that you go all in to do that. Um, but that got us to thinking. Like, what does it mean to be all in in the NBA? Because Minnesota, yes, they were went all in to make that Rudy Gobert trade, but they're probably not going to win a championship with him on the team, even though they were very happy to get him. So, like, what does that entail? And so we ended up breaking the league down into all 30 teams, into seven different tiers of all in. Some teams are all in on tanking. Some teams are all in on winning a championship today. <laughs> Some teams are just all in on trying to be pretty good win a playoff series. Some teams are all in on making the play in tournament like Sacramento, for example. Um, <laughs> so that we, you know, kind of went through and put all 30 teams in different brackets. And I think it's an interesting way to look at sort of the overall direction. All of right. Here are the six teams. teams you and Pelton have listed as all in on a championship this season. Yep. The, the Clippers, the heat, the bucks, the 76ers, the Suns. And the Nets, all in for the Nets on, <laughs> with uh, their star player asking for the coach and GM to be fired. Well, as of um, now, with all th- with all their stars on the team, if you ask the Nets, what if they go into the season with this roster, I agree. their expectation is to win a championship. They have a realist. I mean, they have a real, somewhat realistic path to doing so. I wouldn't say they're going to. And they have no picks. Like, they mortgage the future to have this team. So that was sort of what the rubric was. Like, if you I check agree. those three boxes, the, the you're what? in that group. Yeah, it's a big word for you, I know. I've the Rubik's that word. Cru- the, the Rubik Cube. Oh. Rubik Cube. Um, the second tier is all in on a championship over the next five seasons, which you have the Warriors in here. Yeah, that, that say, was well, interesting. Which you may say, well, wait a minute. How could the Warriors, the defending champs, not be all in on a championship, especially with a $350 million payroll? But it's kind of true because they have these young guys. <laughs> Um, and they have all their draft picks. They haven't well, traded their picks. They had the Warriors and the Celtics. So you had the two teams that, right. that played in the finals last year. Uh, also had the Nuggets, who I think certainly, I mean, so you've got four teams that are contenders right now. Yeah, Celtics, the Grizz- Warriors, Nuggets, The four teams Nuggets, that Grizzlies. you had in, and not necessarily all in this year, but all in for the short term is Celtics, Nuggets, Warriors, Grizzlies, Bontos. Yeah, I mean, again, this this group was about, not only are you capable of winning today, but you should be capable of winning five years from now. I was a little less sure about Golden State being in this yeah. group. Kevin was pretty adamant they should be. Your name is on it, Bon Temps. It's I, your well, it's a, it's a collaborative thing. We talked through them all. I So I ultimately went with them on it. I would have probably had them in the first group because I'm not as sold on these young guys, but they do have all their, these young guys. They do have all their picks. They do have flexibility going forward, and that does separate them from the teams in that first group who basically all have traded a ton of picks or just have really old teams. So the big thing with the Warriors is, sorry, McMahon, the big thing with the Warriors is, sorry, Jordan Poole is eligible for an extension. Andrew Wiggins is eligible for an extension. They're both going to be on the team Mm -hmm. this year. We know this. We also know that signing either of them. Draymond Green also eligible for an extension. Yeah, but Draymond has two years left. Uh, uh, this is the last year of the contract for both Poole mm-hmm. and, and Wiggins. So if they don't extend, you're looking at them heading towards walks that you, you know, walk years. Draymond's, Draymond's, a, all- Draymond's a free agent next summer. I'm not sure what you're talking about. You got a player option. Two, two years no, left. you got a player option next year. I stand corrected. Yeah. I stand corrected. Do we think Draymond's opting out of uh, that money though? I, I don't know. If we'll, he will uh, see, uh, I wouldn't rule that out. I wouldn't rule it out either. Well, he's certainly going to posture that he's going to do that. I, I'm I'm not saying he will or won't, but I I would right. I would say that it's possible. So anyway, Joe Lacob is on the record as saying we're not going to have a four hundred million dollar payroll. Um, now there could be some changes to the luxury tax uh, as part of the new CBA. So we'll see about how that could change. But 
Um, I, I'll be interested to see if if how if any of these guys are signed, and if they're signed, which ones are they all three signed? Are none of them signed? Is Pool extended, but Wiggins and and Draymond not? Is Draymond extended, but Pool and Wiggins not? Um, as far as where they are in this in this uh, on this tier, I think what they do with those extensions is, is a big indication of, you know, mm-hmm. how they see this team going forward. And I was going to say, I think you have to consider the Warriors all in on a championship just because of the age of their no brainer hall of famers. Steph's well, 34 years old. When you have 34 year old Steph Curry coming off of a championship, you're all in on winning a championship. Now, now well, they're trying to extend that window, but. Right. I mean, to, that's, that group is all in on a championship this year and the next several years. It's not that like those, those are the teams that can fit into both camps. Those right. other teams five years from now, for a variety of reasons, are probably not going to be with the current group. They have championship level teams. The Warriors at least have a chance to be for all the reasons we laid out. That's why they're in that group. It's not okay. that they're not all in for this year on a title. All right. There's a whole bunch of teams that, that come in, in the middle in the middle, couple of middle tiers. I encourage you to read the story just for time. I'm not going to go over all of them now. But I want to go over the two bottom tiers, um, which you don't say tanking. You use draft positioning. Uh, the teams that are in on draft positioning. Well said there. Bob I thought, I thought, I thought that was a fun way to do that. That was well done. Idea. You have five teams. The Rockets, Pacers, Magic, Spurs, and Jazz. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. We think the Pacers are actually there yet. They certainly the yes. Brogdon trade nudges them there. Well, let me just ask, let me just stop you and ask you why would they not be there? Because they still their team is quote unquote good enough. I think they're going to be. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I don't know if they're all in on draft positioning. I think I, you'd have to I, see. do you think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be shut down by mid-March? Do you think he's playing games? April basketball games? Well, that was one of the things that they argued this last year is that they played Halliburton. You know, they you know they, because they kind of they tanked down the stretch. I mean, what's their uh, starting they, lineup right now? Who are their starting forwards right now? Well, Okay, but I'm just saying, like they still have some guys in this roster that they could trade. They haven't done yet. I sure, I'm sure Miles Turner's probably going to get traded. I'll mm. just ask you again: Who are their starting forwards? Jalen Smith, Buddy Healed. Just starting Buddy Healed at the three. Okay, that seems like a tanking move to me. <laughs> I would agree with that. I They're think starting it's Ben Matherin, who I think he's got just be a stud. Yeah. He's also a rookie guard. Rookie right. guards well, tend yeah, the, to be disasters. The fastest way to lose in the NBA is to start. Well, there you go. They're going to be starting a rookie at shooting guard. They're, right now, they're probably starting Buddy Heald at small forward. Right. They're starting Again, a center at power forward. Okay, I'm not going to argue about the Pacers. Now, let's talk about the other team on this list at the bottom, the Jazz. They're not They're not all in yet because no. they still have they still have Boyan Bogdanovich on the roster. They still have Mike Conley on the roster, and they still have Donovan Mitchell on the roster. They currently don't have a starting center. They currently don't have a starting small forward. Well, listen, man. And, they, and if they're they if Donovan suspect- Mitchell's on the team in three months, then okay, I'll right. be wrong. Well, I'm just the title <laughs> of the piece is all in on big guy. 
all in. Oh, he big guy. They're not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is a thing about the Jazz. Like they're not all in yet. So when are they going to be all in? Are they? Because if they, I would guess by the season opener. Okay, you've said this to me, Bontemps. Mm-hmm. If they now, granted, they just traded their two best defensive players and their coach, who was an excellent right. defensive coach, have walked out the door. Right. So now you figure that they're going to plummet down the defensive stats, that they're going to be all of a sudden completely the opposite of the defensive team they've been the last year. Oh. All right. I agree with that. Let's but just do this. Have... Let's just do this the opposite way. As of right now, how many teams in the West are the Jazz better than? I'm just saying they're going to win some games because they've got three really good players. Okay, big guy. We'll do it the other way. Answer my question. How many teams right now in the West are the Jazz better than? I assume they're better than the the Rockets and the Spurs because you've got them, all these teams in the draft position. I would say that's the end of the list. You could, I think the Thunder are probably going to be better than them as of now. Uh, by the way, it's interesting to me that the well, I can no longer say the OKC tanker according to these tiers that you've you've elevated the the thunder. Yeah, that was another category. that was another semi contentious one because I probably would have put them in this tier. We went back and forth. The thunder on are it in and, the all in on their current core is what mm-hmm. you have them. Yeah, in. KP was again pretty insistent on that. I well, that, that one you could go either. The, uh, the, uh, I mean, it's there's well, these the are tie break was the tie break was based on IQ. So KP got to, to you know. <laughs> I I ain't arguing that all the arguments. I'll argue <laughs> IQ with you. I ain't arguing it with KP. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just it. saying I don't know if the Jazz are all in yet. So let's just let's just see what they do. So, yet so, being so, the keyword, do you think the Jazz will be all in? Sooner well, than later man, this season. You just said. I mean, you know, just to follow up, you just said you thought the Jazz will be in by. The opener. I mean, do you think they're trading all these guys by the opener? I'm not sure. No, I think they're trading Donovan by the opener. And then I, you know, like, listen, you're not Conley and Bogdanovich. You're not going to win a bunch of games with those. By the way, it's your best players. I was going to bring this up earlier uh, because in the Lakers section, I forgot. If I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at the Jazz roster and I'm thinking, hmm, got Mike Conley, got Boyan Bogdanovich, got Jordan Clarkson, got Patrick Beverly. They could get all four yeah. of those guys with THT and Russ. Why do you I, have like 14 band-aids on your fingers? I tripped and hurt my hand the other day. So I got band-aids on my hand. Oh my uh, this is the second mad fall that we've heard. Remember when he hold on, yeah, the White te- House? Yes. Yes. Tell the story. You got to tell he the story. He almost broke trip. his wrist when he fell at the I White House. I just tripped and fell. It was, new, not, it was not a big because deal. He had I new landed shoes. like this. What, what time? Was, was this i was i was running and i tripped and fell you it was were not, running okay yeah it's not like during a, the like during the day yes i'm fine so during not like the a day. bar crawl no it was not a bar <laughs> crawl uh oh. but if i'm the jazz i'm looking at those four i'm looking at those four guys or from the lakers i'm looking at those four guys and thinking mm-hmm. those are the kind of guys that to go back to earlier conversation the lakers could get them they could really be in some business yeah, and, and, not, and not just the Lakers. Like, there's a lot of teams that could use any one of those. Sure. I just guys. mean the Lakers could literally get all of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams that can use them. The Lakers uh, could get. And then okay, Utah wait a minute. Just go over them. that again. I'm sorry, McMahon. I've been interrupting. I apologize. Just real quick again, Bontemps. Just in theory, let's say that they that they do a Donovan Mitchell trade. And let me just say, like, this kind of reminds me of when the Knicks were negotiating for Carmelo Anthony. And it mm-hmm. was like, I know the Nets got in there and whatever, and they got some level of close, but really it was like a four or five month dance. Right. How much are the Knicks going to end up paying for Carmelo? That was really what it was about. Have you talked to anybody up- in the league who does not expect the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell? So, right. So I think you always acknowledge that in the NBA, things change. and You do get surprised. It's the nature of the league. But after you qualify it with that, you say, really, this is just a matter of, mm-hmm establishing when and how much yeah okay so you think that could happen before the start of the season i would be surprised if that happened before the start of the season because i just think they're not going to agree on the price um but um i hope for will hardy's sake that it does let's say that let's say that donovan gets traded to new york or elsewhere and then there's a then the jazz have to go truly all in on this tank draft positioning Go over again that trade you think this in theory possible. You're not saying it's going to happen, but in theory possible. No, I mean, the, with the money works for THT and Russ, for Beverly, Conley, Bogdanovich, and Clarkson, the money works. 
That's all. With, I mean, that would make the, the Lakers with the two picks unprotected. Better. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't including picks. I mean, obviously, you'd include picks. I just meant the money works for those four guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, they're not giving. They're not giving two firsts for those guys. Do, um, I maybe one. Boy, Bogdanovich. But I think I think He's the Jazz can contract. get a first for Bogdanovich. Um, Beverly is a very interesting. Yeah, so player. I'd say you'd you'd offer a first in there. How would you rank those those guys? How would you rank them in terms of? Well, you're taking value? you're taking Conley money in that trade. You're taking yes. Conley money. He's he's partially guaranteed, not this season, next season. Yeah, but it's like fifteen million. It's not. Nothing. Yeah, it's a it's a significant guarantee. They're gonna have to, you'd have to give up both first for that, Brian. You think? Yeah, I told hundred percent. Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, 100%. Bogdanovich brings you back a first, and I think between those other three guys, I mean, but, you're giving. But you're giving, THT has got value. No, he doesn't. Does he? What value does he have? Well, what if he's playing? He has well, value to the Lakers. Lakers because he's a clutch guy. To we'll two high talent. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. I want to go to the last tier. All in on. What? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's what it says. All in on nothing. And we got three teams that Bon Temps and Pelton put on this tier. The Dallas Mavericks, McMahon's Mavericks, Luca not, not having my Mavericks. <laughs> McMahon's hometown, Dallas Mavericks. Los Angeles Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. Just the Raptors taking shrapnel. Man, down here. Well, um, the interesting thing about this was all three of these, all three of these teams are kind of left without a home because uh, if you look at what the Mavs did with Jalen Brunson this offseason, you can't really say they're all in on anything today. You could say they're all in on maybe max cap space in a couple of years, um, but it's hard to look at them as being an all in on something when you let your second best player walk for free. The Lakers haven't done anything with Russ yet. They're sitting there with Russ and these two picks like we just talked about. So they're kind of, you know, you could argue, understandably, looking at it and saying we're not good enough to win, so we're going to hold our powder for now. But they're, they haven't picked the direction. And then Toronto, for sort of the complete opposite reason, hasn't really picked the direction because obviously Scotty Barnes is a stud. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, all very good players. Gary Trent. But those guys are all sort of in another tier older than Scotty Barnes. And the Raptors have all their picks. So they can kind of go one of four or five directions. But they have Let me speak to something about the Raptors right now that's interesting in the league that league executives are talking to me about. With the 33rd pick in the draft this year, they drafted a big guy out of Arizona, Christian Coloco. He is unsigned. Okay. All of the other top second round picks are, are signed. The Pacers with the 31st pick, they gave Andrew Nembhard a four-year, eight-point-something million-dollar contract. The Magic drafted Caleb Houston with the 32nd pick. They gave him a four-year, eight-million-dollar contract. The Thunder, right behind the Raptors after Coloco, gave Jalen Williams a four-year, eight-million-dollar contract. You mentioned earlier about the Lakers giving Max Christie a contract. All the guys around him in the second round are signed. The Raptors have not signed Christian Coloco. Now, why would they have not done that? Ooh, Wendy, getting all philosophical. Why would they again. have not signed him yet? Oh, uh, the fingers are firing. So the Raptors used about, I think it was six million, maybe exactly. I got to go look. I should have been prepared for this. They signed Otto Porter. They used a portion of the mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. Um, if they sign Coloco to a deal that's what those four-year deals that is around two million. Uh, in the first year, maybe a little less than that. Like those other guys around him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, gonna... it's not that if they, if they, they gave auto Porter basically the tax MLE. So if they sign Christian Coloco to a, a three year deal more than, cause you could sign a second round pick to a two year minimum deal. Mm-hmm. If they sign a second round pick for more than two years. You have to use an exception or cap space. So if they sign him even to just the standard second round pick number, but sign him for three years, they're going to go over the taxpayer MLE and they're therefore they're going to trigger the hard cap. Right. So why would they not want to trigger the hard cap? Why would they be waiting to sign this guy? He played in summer league. He had to an see if they can summer. make a Kevin Durant trade or some Thank other you. trade. That's why they're leaving their options open. Yeah. Would you, so would you give up Scotty Barnes for Katie? No, absolutely not. 
then I don't think they're getting Kevin Durant. No, I don't either. I, I, I well, an was, executive who I respect the, said he would give up Scotty Barnes for KD. Well, look, not for here's the, the stopgap. When you talk about Durant trades now, now that we know that Jalen Brown has been included in talks, that's a that's a fail safe stop measure. That's a high because bar. because if your team is putting together an offer, and I don't care how many picks it is, that doesn't include a player that's comparable to Jalen Brown. And that's not a long list when you right. talk about youth, talent, proven production. And guys, you can trade for them because they've got Ben Simmons triggering that whole set of rules. Mm-hmm. Like, would you rather have Jalen Brown or Pascal Siakam? I, I was just going to say, I think that's a pretty good debate. I think you could argue Pascal. I would probably rather have Jalen because he's more of a wing than Pascal. But Pascal's pretty damn good. Yeah, well, Pascal made all NBA this year. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? For a second time. Yeah. Well, pretty, I mean, pretty Brown, damn good Jaylen player. Brown's the second best player on a on a uh, finals team. Pascal was the second best player on a championship winning team. You could argue. I don't know if he's the second best player. Kyle Lowry would Kyle argue. Kyle Lowry might have something to say. About he, <laughs> he was he was pretty he damn good the, in those he, finals. He, did, he played a he played an important Fair. role. I agree. Um, but anyway, the Raptors are leaving their options open, so I don't know. I mean. That's that's interesting. I um the Mavericks, I don't know what their options are though. Like I do think the Mavericks kind of fit into this tier, McMahon. Yeah, the, the Mavericks would argue they're all in on winning a championship in the next five years. That that's what their argument would be. Um, but you know, we've talked about their their offseason a lot. Uh it wasn't a step uh in, in the right direction. Um, they felt like the number for Brunson got too high. And the, we don't know what they would have had to put on the table to keep them. They might have had to max them. They they weren't willing to do that. Um, so, yeah, they are kind of stuck in the in the middle. But uh, again, I think their their deal is they would rather keep some some flexibility, kind of be patient, than uh, make a panic move. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I think we all understand when you have a superstar of Luca's uh, caliber, his his four-year Supermax extension is kicking in because the fifth year is a player option. So, you know, the, yeah. the clock is ticking. Well, and again, to be clear on that tier, it's to win, it's being all in on a title this year and the next five. Okay. And and the map, like I think it got shortened a little bit online. And the the Mavs, like, they're not a championship team this year. They're probably a playing team this year. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh the play-in might be. I don't know a if a team harsh, with Luke on is a play-in team. Yeah, that that might be, a, especially Luke. Who? Let's just go through it real quick. I, Phoenix, Memphis, Clippers, Warriors, Wolves. That's okay, five. I mean, uh, is it like? Hold on, Phoenix. Denver. The Phoenix. The Phoenix team that the Mavericks beat by 197 points in Game Seven, and then they yeah. had nothing but drama since then. That I mean, Phoenix team. That are, you Phoenix- just assume. I mean, they were 15 wins better last year. I think. Are they going to? Is that has that gap gotten smaller this off season? Uh, yeah, I, I think it has. Um, also, I think when you're looking at last season, the Mavericks sucked for the first two and a half months for a variety yep. of reasons. One of which was that Luca weighed 260 some odd pounds. Luca is going to be playing Eurobasket for Slovenia, basically leading right up into training camp. Yep. Now you can worry about wear and tear, or you can say, "Hey, he ain't weighing two two sixty. He probably going to report to camp in, in in the two forties this year." That's certainly last the time he did that was was the only time he's done that was his second year when he made the leap from "Wow, what a spectacular rookie season!" Oh, holy crap, this is a top five player in the league. If Luca can make a leap, I don't think you can cross the Mavericks off uh, the the list of potential home court advantage in the first round teams in the West. That's that's definitely the pro Dallas argument. Well, again, <laughs> when Luke is in shape, the Mavericks have been really damn good. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that facetiously. That's if you're making an argument for Dallas, that's the argument that Luke is going to be able to carry them. Like I just, yeah, those top six teams in the West are really good. Yeah, uh, the Clippers, um, the Clippers, obviously they're going to come back, and the Clippers not only are, are bringing back Kawhi and, and PG, but they are they've signed so many tradable contracts. They don't have 
tremendous first round pick, obviously, but they have these guys that they can use in a trade. And I also think Phoenix, if slash when they don't make a Durant trade, I think that Phoenix is in position to make some sort of trade during the year. Jay Crowder is on the last year of his deal. Um, he could get moved, I think. And we're going to see Dario Saric come back. Um, mm. I don't know what Saric is going to give him. He's coming off an ACL tear. But if you have those two guys, plus they have all their picks going forward, they could do something during the year to upgrade their roster. So, you know, where this is an August activity, we have, may have a different discussion um, by, uh, by January, February. All right. I enjoyed it, guys. Congratulations again to McMahon. Go to work over there at the LAPC. Look forward to seeing an NBA today. Bontemps, take care of those fingers. Thank you to our producers, Bruce and Jackson. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash hoop.